This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your male hormone health? With Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in five days. Hormonal imbalances and reduced levels of testosterone are becoming a huge concern for men these days. Male hormones are important for a number of different functions, such as sperm production, maintaining a healthy sex drive, and maintaining muscle strength and mass. Some of the main symptoms of hormonal imbalance include low energy or fatigue, infertility, anxiety or depression, bloating, and headaches. So how does the whole process work? Your test is delivered straight to your front door. You just have to self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail the sample back to your accredited laboratories in the prepaid label, and receive support and guidance from the LGC medical team who are available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice you need to know your hormonal health. A lot of people don't think this is an important issue, but for men past the age of 30, it's something they should really look into. And with these tests, you could do it at home really easily. This week, Let's Get Check wants to invite you to join their community with their 30% discount code, Bodega30. That's B-O-D-E-G-A-30. So go ahead, go over to their website, letsgetcheck.com, type in the code, and get your test going. Welcome back to the Bodega Board Group Podcast, Volume 68. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sitting down, sitting in your car. You actually might be online at Sano because uh, it's taken a while to get in there. But anyway, I'm glad you guys can uh, take a little time out of your day, your schedule, whatever it may be, and uh, check in with us on this episode. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have action items, we have a whole bunch of other stuff, videos, team members, stuff like that, things you might want to check out. Also, make sure to check out the episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been kind of fun lately out there. We've got a little pump and swell. It was like totally flat for a while, which was kind of annoying. Uh, but I think it got everyone to kind of chill out, calm down a little bit, take care of other stuff. I know a lot of my friends went out to the desert riding bikes and doing other things. I was away for a little bit. And it was kind of nice to get away, uh, but there's a little bump and swell, and the line at Sano is kind of uh, showing itself. I went the other day, and it took me about an hour to get through the line, which isn't so bad on days like this. You know, people have to realize that Sano is crowded, period, during the summer. And on top of that, you have a lot of people who have time to surf now because they're working from home so they could sneak out for sessions and also they got rid of a lot of the parking spots that were along the bluff 
So you have limited parking, uh, that kind of thing. Everyone's rushing to get down. I was not going to even attempt to go down today because I knew how good the report was. And I saw on everybody's Instagram just how crowded it was. So I'm going to go tomorrow, go early kind of thing. I like to break it up. I don't want to go to the same place over and over again, no matter how good it is. Uh, but I want to talk about this episode. So on this episode, we were able to sit down with Mr. Evan Adamson. Evan Adamson is a filmmaker. Uh, doing a lot of cool stuff in surf film. Uh, he has uh, this new series coming out called Stoke Wars, which I'm really into, and uh, sit down and talk with him about that. I also want to talk a little bit about voting and what you can do, what you need to do, and that kind of thing. So uh, make sure to listen to that. Lastly, there's a couple of short takes. The first short take is uh, California Soul from uh, Tatsuo Takei. Uh, the second one is this uh, new thing that actually our boy Ryan Cannon is filming for Bing called Bing Sessions with Will Allen. And lastly is a little clip uh, featuring our boy Neil Mesmer called Classic Daydream, which is really cool. Now, as you can tell from the music, uh, it's going to get a little different. And most of this has to do with Evan. Evan and I talked about music a lot and started talking about things that he was into and how much that influenced his filmmaking. So I asked him to send me a bunch of music to kind of mold my mix around. So in this episode, there's a bunch of stuff that he picked and then a bunch of stuff that I'm into that kind of related or bounced off of it and stuff. And I wanted to start it out with this Chemical Brothers track, which I love. And this track I love for a couple reasons. One. I'm a big Chemical Brothers fan. I kind of, at the height of their popularity, was really into them. I think their music is perfect for the time that it was made and was really about sampling from all these different sources and having no boundaries and, and really having a freedom to do things. Uh, secondly, it's got Beth Orton on vocals. Beth Orton is one of my favorite vocalists, and this is a great merge of both of them. So. Definitely sit back, relax, listen to these wacky tracks, and we'll get back to you in a little bit. Peace! Get it. 
with delight Seeing what's to come The image of the dead Dead ends in my mind
Thing. She can't have it all. 
This episode is being brought to you by Swanson Health. I know a lot of people out there who listen to the podcast, like myself, try to stay healthy and fit and use natural products. We use supplements. We use a lot of stuff, you know, just to keep ourselves going, especially with everything with COVID and our immune systems and stuff like that. And I know for me to buy those products, I often have to go to a bunch of different sites or stores, and that's really difficult nowadays. Luckily, I was turned on to this brand called Swanson Health. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years from the heart of America. All this stuff is being made here in their brand. And their brand, they've been working on for years and they've worked really hard on it and have been testing it to hell. And so you know you're getting quality products. They also carry over 20,000 wellness products at great values. So there's other brands besides theirs that you could pick up. I picked up a bunch of CBD soaps, um, some inulin powder, some digestives, a bunch of immunity uh, boosting uh, vitamins. So I definitely think you guys should check out this brand. 
If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code CREW20, that's C-R-E-W-2-0, for 20% off at Swanson.com. It's a pretty big discount, so I really suggest you go use it. That's C-R-E-W-20, CREW20, for 20% off at Swanson.com. Welcome back to Volume 68 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Told you it was going to get a little wacky. Uh, put a little random songs in there. A little MGMT, a little Kate Bush, a little Sparks. You know, Sparks is like one of these guilty pleasures I have. I listen to their music every once in a while. I really got into them uh, from a friend of mine that I used to play in a band with who turned me on to like a lot of random uh, stuff that like I didn't pay attention to, I was too young to pay attention to, was outside of my scope, and Sparks is one of those kind of things. Um, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have action items, we have links to videos, we have a lot of stuff. It's a website, you know, how it goes. Also, make sure to check out the episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and things that we are talking about. This episode, we got to sit down with Mr. Evan Adamson. Evan Adamson is originally from Texas and uh, moved here. Surfer, filmmaker, doing some really interesting stuff. I love his spin on content, and without getting too much into it, I'll let him speak for himself. I'm going to give you a little warning. There's a bunch of random helicopter noise and that kind of stuff because of coronavirus, we're doing interviews outside to be safe, more than six feet apart. So you might hear some noise in the background. Again, I apologize for that. It is what it is, but I hope you enjoy the interview. So what's your name and where are you originally from? Uh, I'm Evan Adamson. I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas. I lived there 18 years and that's where I um, learned how to surf. My father uh, kind of dragged me into it uh, uh-huh. and his dad actually surfed too. So I'm a wow, third, so third, third generation, generation, generation Texan. Third generation Texan surfer. I never met uh, that grandfather because he died before uh-huh. uh, I was born. But yeah, um, I, I used to hate the beach and my dad would just always try to like bribe me uh, to go out there, you know, saying he'd like... I don't know, like saying he'd like take me out to dinner or something. Yeah, if I went surfing with him and um, I don't know, the sand in Texas is like really fine. It's always windy. It's like yeah. the water there just feels like so much crustier and salty. Yeah. And just as a young kid, I just have these like very vivid memories of riding home from the beach, just like caked in sand and like sand oh. in my pants. And then I don't know, there's just uh, one day where he, he got me out on like a not too uh, choppy day and it was pretty clean, clean lines and I uh, caught my first wave and then immediately had the bug and been um, hooked since then. So, How is it like, how sporadic is it to surf in Texas? So, I mean, we always have consistent, um, pretty consistent like fun log waves. Like if, if you want to surf and like stand up and like, you know, it's like it'll be breaking like more than this, but it's wave after wave after wave. Just um, consistent, yeah. Very, very consistent, but you know, sloppy, not as much power. Um, that's pretty frequent. Um, but during you know hurricane season, we stand the chance of like getting yeah. really, really epic surf. Uh, I mean, it can be, it can certainly be just like victory at sea and absolutely like wild and chaotic, or we can get offshore winds and like light offshore winds and you know 
it holds pretty well for like up, up into a few feet overhead. Once Whoa. it once it gets starts pushing like the double overhead, that's when it starts to lose form yeah, a bit. But it can much. it can still be fun. But yeah, we can have like you know like at like all time you know six or seven foot faces Shit. and ultra winds and tubes and the like most pretty like Caribbean looking barrels ever. Or it can also be you know brown. Just brown hot chocolate or uh chocolate milk whatever you want to call that's it that's what but. i've seen like my experience of going to corpus christi like years and years ago was that i was like wow it's pretty brown brown that's <laughs> that's like... the majority of the time there but we do have our days where usually in like it seems like it's more often in the spring and fall like the change in seasons that we have uh nicer water and i, I guess part of the reason is the part of the reason the of why it's brown is because of you know the sediment and it's like a lot finer there and it gets like it's and uh all the seaweed too um it just gets kind of like churned up in the water more yeah um, it's like gross but yeah it's a pretty uh it's definitely its own surf scene like we have a really strong surf culture there that's been around you know since um before my dad started surfing no i mean if you're third generation i mean that's like i didn't know that i had no idea i mean my from the only stuff that i remember of like or have heard or seen of like Texas surfing. Like obviously there's been people like yourself and Alec uh. Rockerize and all these people coming here. But it's like, you know, what I knew for years was like, oh, it's like tanker surfing. Like uh, I've seen that. So, yeah, that's that's the most common thing. Like even, so I went to school in Austin for 10 years. Uh, at the, uh, well, I lived in Austin for 10 years, but I originally moved there to go to school uh -huh. at the University of Texas. And it's gonna do the whole bio pre-med thing, but uh, <laughs> quickly. Uh, decided that that wasn't for me um but anyway even in austin whenever i told people that i you know i grew up surfing they automatically assumed that i was from california uh -huh. and then if i told them i was from texas they're like oh you like tanker surfer yeah or they just immediately like discredit me as a surfer for being from texas from texas i mean i guess whatever it's fair fair enough because most people don't um know about it but yeah there's been like there's definitely plenty of people in texas who've like vacation for a month in Hawaii and, and thought that their month in Hawaii was more like credible for being a surfer than like a lifetime of uh, surfing in Texas which um, I don't That's know I, yeah 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 I don't get I don't get that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 I, I think I think it's the same thing as like people who like grow up surfing in New York like I'm like and if you only surfed in New York I'm like if you surfed your whole lifetime you surfed your whole life yeah you, you, you still uh we still get you know pretty critical days that um allow you to become an experienced and competent surfer and um i mean it, it's definitely really hard to paddle out in texas because yeah. it's you, you can, it's pretty hard to time the set it's like yeah, it's yeah. just wave after wave after yeah wave they're just coming yeah you usually have to paddle alongside the jetty and use that current or uh jump off the pier or paddle like right underneath the pier but um it can definitely it can definitely be discouraging learning there on bigger days but it really makes you appreciate coming out here where like it's breaks an actual like set yeah yeah there's actually it. like a shape and it's like yeah when did you start like when did you start coming out here so i started road tripping out in 2003 actually okay um one of my uh one of my dad's friends and i, and I actually like only shortboarded before that okay um and I came out to Santa for the first time and I was going to ride a shortboard there and my dad's friend was like, you can't, what are you doing riding a shortboard? So he, he gave me... He's like, no, uh, no, 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 wait a second. Uh, he, he let me ride, it was like a 10-foot Cooper fish or something. And oh, I Jesus. immediately, uh, yeah, it was like a super hefty board compared to what I was uh, 
riding before and I immediately fell in love with the glide of the longboarding and the style and all that. So I started um, started longboarding around like 2003 and pretty frequently coming out here to visit Surf Sano and Cardiff um, and sometimes like up in Newport. Uh, but yeah, I started longboarding in Texas. Wait for this car to pass. Um, when I came back to Texas, it, the waves there just make way more sense for longboarding. I'm like, why haven't yeah, I been yeah. doing this my whole life? But there was still an up and that didn't didn't really fade away until recently. But a really really heavy shortboard superiority mentality there. So like, oh. if you were a younger kid riding a longboard, everybody's like, oh, you fucking longboarder! Like, what are yeah. you doing here? I'm like, I'm sorry, it's, it's it's waist high and. Like, what do you want me slow. to do? You're like, struggling. Like, you guys can hop on a longboard too and you'll have more fun. And, uh, doing the old loop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, there were only a few other people my age riding a longboard. Like, my buddy, uh, I mean, out. I didn't know Alec at the time whenever I was getting started, but yeah. we, we actually competed in a couple of contests in TDSA oh, really? okay. uh, together. And then, um, but yeah, like in, in Corpus, like the only other people my age who were longboarding were my friend Nate Floyd and uh, Jordan Anderson. And then um, then my buddy Tegan Ganan started started logging a little bit later. And then we also the, had Morgan Morgan Faulkner, um, who's a pretty established Texas surfer, and then Corey Williams. But other than that, it was like old old guys who were riding longboards. Yeah. Or, um, and now, now you go there and literally everybody's really? on longboard. It's insane. Yeah, like on any given day, there's just so many, like at least half of the lineup is longboarders and there's, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more people like surfing in general there now. I mean, it's, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you're, you're describing the waves. Like, I'm like, look, if I wanted to surf and it, for it to be consistent in terms of like me getting on a board and catching a wave, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to ride a longboard in conditions like that. Yeah. I think that's the thing that happens a lot of times is that people try to like, they force they're, they're forcing this notion of the kind of surfing they want to do on a wave that's not going to work for it mm -hmm. and then when, once they go the direction of being like let, let me try something that actually works for this wave they never go back yeah. right so you get that like hook you're like why would i ever like struggle with a shortboard when it's like i yeah. could catch like 20 waves in an hour for sure on my longboard i mean if, it, if it's like overhead and dumping and, of course, uh, and yeah. really fast like some days we get the we get those swells where it's like it's coming in a lot faster as a ground swell and uh, like Sure, you definitely want to be on a shortboard then, or, yeah, yeah. or like a mid-length or something, uh, something that's a, a little bit more geared for the waves. But on all the other, like you know, chest high and under slow days, like I'm, I prefer to ride a log. Why not? Like you're gonna have fun. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you get into like when did a filmmaking become part of your life, or when did you get into it? Like, uh, so it's, I've, I've ever since I remember, I've just been like stealing my dad's camcorder and been making like just fun weird little sketches or I don't know gimmicky like gimmicky videos that didn't ever go anywhere or live anywhere it was just like me entertaining myself and uh -huh. then uh when I hit about like fifth grade we were given the option to either do an in-class presentation for this project or just make a video and uh -huh. you had to like if you did the in-class presentation it had to be like you speaking in front of the class for five minutes uh -huh. or or I could make a video which I could like uh, edit and you know time it and I was like I'm gonna make a video so <laughs> I learned Premiere, Adobe Premiere in like 2001 and uh, just kind of, I've always been, I don't know, pretty computer savvy I would say, but uh, started editing videos then and then, um, and then when I started longboarding and uh, 
I, you know, I was inspired by like Thomas Campbell and the Seedling yeah. and stuff like that. Cyrus Sutton riding waves. Uh, I mean, obviously like Bruce Brown and, and yeah. all that stuff. But I wanted to. The only videos that were coming out of Texas were all pretty much the same at the time. Uh -huh. And um, this is when I was like really heavy into like David. Uh, you know, I just started listening to David Bowie and like middle school and was really going through this like phase and I just wanted to like make some surf videos that were different that weren't all to the like seemed like everything was edited to like white guy reggae which no, nothing nothing against that but well, like, there's it's like I have something against it but yeah. no I know what you're saying <laughs> it's kind of like yeah you were like watching like bonga perkins white guy reggae like at least longboarding videos uh -huh. like I've seen a gazillion of those where I'm like yeah I'm, I'm good I don't need to see this. yeah it's just, I've, I'd seen enough of them and I um I always listen to like a pretty eclectic mix of music. So whenever I hear a song that I like, and this has started since I was younger, it's always been like a very, very visual thing for me. Yeah. But the first thing that comes to mind is like a surf video and how it'd work and like a surf edit and like timing and all that. So like, I just started in, in high school building up these like list of songs that, uh, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to use in a surf video and kind of like portray it like, show the other people who are hating on longboarding in Corpus like how cool longboarding actually is because yeah. like once that I feel, I feel like that's like sorry going off on tangents here I but know, that's fair. that's one of the reasons why like longboarding has kind of become I don't know a little bit more popular is being able to see it on video and like see how like technical and like crazy uh -huh. that shit is like I just you know nose riding and cross stepping and all that it's yeah. like most people think that's defying physics so like how does you on, no, on the which front is, of the board like yeah, that without yeah, falling it's through. Crazy. And, um, anyway, so yeah, I wanted you know I wanted to show show that you know this different side of surfing, um, but also show people that we had surf in Texas. So like making like a little like Texas surf film was always one of my big passions. And I had my buddy Nathan Floyd who he had the yeah <laughs> crazy birds going on. Um, he got the Canon GL2, which was just like uh, back in the 2000s. Yeah, that was a big deal. Awesome, big deal thing. And he was always making, uh, you know, edit, editing long videos to like to Zero and all this like Texas like hip hop and like oh, DJ that's Screw awesome. and stuff. Yeah, like really back in the day. And I was just like, man, honestly, Nate Nate got me really inspired to uh, to get into filming and make more make more Texas films. And he and my friend Tegan and I and a, a group of other friends just started making like fun little movies and then we both then I moved to Austin to go to school where I was landlocked for like 10 years and oh, um, yeah it was it was yeah, really getting close to the coast yeah well I mean we had so we had a you know natural bodies of water, water there which was really nice and we could surf behind the boat which is yeah. something that um, I can say like really took off in, in Texas I my my buddy Tegan Ganan is like one of the first people I've ever seen, maybe the first to uh, like longboard behind the boat and like properly like, cross step and nose ride without Shit. the rope, and it's really that that's really taken off. But um, yeah, being landlocked, I was just constantly you know daydreaming about surfing and uh, thinking of, like I, I guess like making these like mental surf videos was my way of like coping with not being no, able to surf and. Um, I ran a music blog all through college too. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, called uh, it was called DankVibes.com actually. Dank vibes. 
Um, I still have the uh, Twitter handle, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, but uh, I don't have the website anymore yeah. just because music blogs got kind of oversaturated after a while I started what was it just like indie, indie rock it was everything like it was just a no like just good music was the emphasis so I mean it could be like anything from hip-hop to indie to folk to you know just like avant-garde and being like, in rich. Austin you're getting a lot of those bands yeah. and a lot of that industry going through there absolutely yeah so um, yeah that's uh, that website was kind of like it, I, I bought my I bought my camera around the same time my very first camera a Canon 7d and I uh, I started reaching out to emerging artists who I like saw promise in and um, I thought you know we're gonna blow up and I was like hey uh, I got this camera I'd love to work with you and make some video stuff and like help promote you or whatever so I, I essentially I established relationships with artists in their like early early phases and then um, and kind of use like this music blog to get more into video and like get more work with video uh -huh. and then, um, I started working with C3 Presents who puts on Austin City Limits yeah, Music yeah. Festival and Lollapalooza and um, since, since like 2013 they've been a recurring client of mine um, so I do all those festivals. Uh, so you do you're doing like a lot of like 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 live shooting? Yeah live, live music so um, like South by Southwest too uh, and that's been like a you know, kind of one of my consistent um, jobs throughout my like film career is fil filming all these festivals, and uh, it's good money. It, I mean, yeah, it's 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 great pay, and C3 is an it's an awesome company. I mean, it's a big company, but they really do a good job of maintaining those like family vibes there and the feel, and it, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like some like corporate conglomerate when you're working with them. They're very very personable, and uh, they treat everybody who works there super well. Yeah. Um, so I've only heard good things about them. I've heard like the one thing someone was telling me is that because they basically started from scratch yeah. in a way, they still have that vibe. Like they didn't like they weren't some big events company who's like we're gonna get into this. They started really small and just grew as the festival grew. Absolutely. So they just treat it that way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it was definitely a bummer with uh, you know with all the festivals like closing this year and being um, postponed. It's like. Still, still doesn't feel real, but I understand that it's uh, yeah. necessary to. Yeah, continue. hopefully. I mean, look with with vaccine stuff and all this other stuff. Like, hopefully, and well, who knows? Yeah. Next, I mean, yeah. I, I was just fingers listening crossed to, for next. I was just listening to something on uh, on a podcast. They were talking about the Olympics because the Olympics were supposed to start like tomorrow. Uh huh. You know, in Tokyo, and that how in Tokyo they're yeah. like, oh, they postponed it for a year, and then now they're trying to say like, oh, like if it gets postponed again, they're going to cancel it and stuff. And I'm like. Nah, this is the reality of the current world. Like this is, this is what it, what it, it is. is. Um, now working, you know, because you're you you keep on touching on the fact that music was like is such a big thing for you and Huge stuff driving like that. Force, yeah. Um, and how visually you see it. So if you're just listening to some kind of random track, like in your head, uh -huh. you kind of like. Can you kind of describe that process? Like I play something you've never heard before. Like because I find this really uh -huh. interesting. Um, so. It's, like I just wanted you to kind of so I mean I guess like the basic formula if there is a formula to it is like the build up to like the main wave if, if like or the that first wave that like really hits with like a bang and you're like oh like this is like sick and then it goes into the hype surf montage so yeah. it's like usually I, I usually like songs where I can do something that's like dare I say more like cinematic with uh -huh. um, the edit so I, I like like a nice like build kind of you know build up to something and then like a couple climactic points where I can like really make the edit like hype so 
Um, Does it almost like create for you like a storyboard, like in your head? Like yeah, you kind of like these a, are the peaks. A, yeah, a rough storyboard in my head, and I I would say like a very solid chunk of my videos that I've made have been originally like inspired by a song or something. Like, even if I don't end up using that song later, like a song will kind of like spark like, that I spark that idea, and a lot of times that's when I'm like right driving in my car and like listening to music at full blast and it's just there's nothing in front of you but the the road so it's it's like forced meditation in a sense yeah um, and yeah that's where uh I, I guess that's where the idea like comes but there's it's i'm extremely ocd about like cutting to the music like sometimes it, it gets the better of me and uh to where like you don't just like i've had to learn over the um over the years to let the editing kind of rely on the shot more sometimes rather than like trying to edit to it like crazy which i you know i still do in, in a lot of ways no but, it's um, tough it's tough because i'm working on something with Lograph that like huh. we're doing that and it's like i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. like you're totally like like well if i slow this down just a little bit uh, like that turn is gonna happen right on this beat and yes, stuff. Exactly. but then you start slowing it down so much that you're like okay this just looks dumb yeah. like it's just not even yeah. looking good and i'm like i'm like all right we gotta like like we're, we're I know what you're talking same, about. Same with speeding up. Yeah, it's finding that perfect balance between like being able to show the whole wave because in surfing you want to see like the long lines that people yeah, yeah. that people draw and also cutting the music. So that's like that's certainly a a struggle of mine and yeah. I try to yeah, I try to find that find that perfect balance and you know what I've done with like I guess with like Stoke Wars is uh like that that you saw is like I I try to show even though there's a bunch of different waves, I'll try to show more of the wave but like change something in like the background with like the background images yeah that that's been something that's kind of like helped me to still cut to the music while like not altering the surf footage so much yeah um because that is but, tough it is tough i mean it's something that like i've like firsthand gone through so it's like i know because for me it's like i come from like that that skateboarding world uh -huh. and like the same thing like we're ingrained from that skateboarding world. We hear the song and we save it, right? We bank oh, it yeah. and we're like, okay, yeah. this is gonna be the song we're gonna use for the part. Like we're stoked, like that. I mean, all my friends who are pro skaters, like since we've been like 14 years old, like uh -huh. we've been like this, like it's like we have yeah. this list and stuff. And then when you try to edit it and it just doesn't work and with surf, like usually with skateboarding, you can make it work, right? Yeah. Cause you could cut it like really tight or uh -huh. really loose. You could yeah. you could do a roll up, you could do a roll away, or you could be like, like a Jamie Thomas where it's like, banger 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 uh -huh. banger like that's his yeah. method of editing yeah. right like he does that kind of shit with surfing you can't do that like you can't just like be like i'm gonna put in two seconds of a nose like it doesn't look it, yeah it just it doesn't it doesn't work quite as good i mean you can for like trailers and teasers and stuff i feel like but, but not yeah, for a full part not for the full edit like people want to see you know that they've like like how they got to that point and how they like got out of it as well you know or like, yeah because yeah. anybody could go there anybody could like get up on the nose and you could clip it right like yeah, that that's why absolutely. like instagram surf photography is so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bullshit yeah. because you could be like oh wow they're like hanging ted it's like that was seriously like a millisecond or like, e even like a turn to like a moment of a turn could look like it's like something but then uh like i don't know the before and after it could look like absolutely or they bailed it yeah. they didn't even yeah. make that like they didn't recover from like mm -hmm. they didn't come back like like i could do that like anyone my daughter who's mm -hmm. three years old could probably i could take a photo of her and it looks like the sickest cutback yeah um yeah it's challenging that way but you know when you're when also when you're dealing with the music thing and it's obviously a lot of times like for your own projects uh -huh. how much do you run into like let's say like do you ever like be like okay i want to use this david bowie song but in the reality of the situation is you're not going to ever get the fucking copyright you're not going to get the right so uh 
Man, yeah, that's something I, so it, I guess in like the earlier stages of, of uh, my editing, I would, I would use, I'd just go ahead and use a song like that yeah. now, but since I'm, since I'm trying to like, with, with projects like Stoke Wars, or if I'm working with different brands that you, you can't really, yeah. uh, it's tough it's tough with the music thing and like getting the rights to it because you know like you don't want your video to get taken down at some point yeah, yeah. or the band get in trouble for you and if the brand's like generating money um or like using like a video to like push like products like you really got to get the music so one thing i mean one thing that's been that the whole like music blog thing like kind of helped with is i established relations oh, okay. with artists like so um at a very very like in their earlier stages so i now i kind of have like a group of musician friends who you know i'm not gonna ever expect them to give me the music for free but um we i try to like we try to like help each other out in a way yeah, i yeah, guess yeah. and we'll um there for surf videos a lot of people like are pretty understanding of uh you know the lack of like budget yeah for, for surf films and stuff and they also like see surfing as like a spectator sport and something that's like cool that could kind of like get new ears onto their music uh -huh. so sometimes like i've had I've had really good luck with the asking for forgiveness rather than like permission thing or rather I'll just if I have the itch to edit to a song sometimes I just have to go and do it for my own like sanity so yeah. I've like I've done that with a few songs that I've never put out uh, I just I just made the edit because I had to like artistically relieve that itch <laughs> want to want to pause for that yeah uh, I mean uh, let me see if this is uh There it goes. Um, so, yeah, I like, you know, I'll do, I'll, I'll edit to that for myself. But I've, I've still developed like a pretty solid catalog of, uh, of um, artists that I kind of have relationships with. But I've had, I've had pretty good luck with making a video and then sending it to artists and be like, hey, I was really inspired by this song. Like, oh. I'd, I'd love to use it. We our budgets aren't high, but I, you know, I want to like make it worthwhile for you or this and yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of times they're just like, dude, this is awesome. Like, go ahead and just like put it out and like just like credit the artist. But then, I've also had like, uh, so I was doing a Texas surf project for Yeti, and I had this one song that I want to use forever. It didn't have like very many plays on it. It wasn't a very big band, and um, their management, they're like, yeah, we'd love to like this would be awesome. And then they quoted me twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, the, dude. It's I was like, like all right, nope. No, we're good. We're I'm, good. I'm good on that. Did you know how much I spent on this whole video? Yeah, it's a yeah. lot less than even yeah. that. Like, yes. like backup, buddy. So I um, generally now I I try to find like I go for artists that I have I, I guess like some sort of connection with or like an um, in. Yeah. yeah. And, and just because it, it makes everything like a lot less of a headache in the long run and um with stoke wars my so my good friend uh nick weiler he goes by bro safari he's a yeah. pretty like prominent producer and dj who's like uh like a, he was pretty pretty responsible for like bringing drum and bass from the uk to like the us like oh, in okay. the 2000s like he's been he's been at the forefront of like the um electronic music scene for a while but also like played in like indie pan indie bands and punk bands growing up uh -huh. and like he's he's just a talented musician like all the, all across the board um and i actually i did it i did a tour with him back in like 2013 for like you know not uh not the greatest rates but it was a an awesome experience and like since I, i've like we, i helped him out back in the day he's definitely been like helping me out with uh this project today and he, he's really psyched on it so he made the original score for 
what you've seen in the Stoke Wars prologue. Um, and well, what I was gonna say, since we're getting into that, yeah, sorry. Well, like, no, no, no. Like, so why? What made you want to do Stoke Wars? Uh, so it actually all started from a song. Um, it was in 2017, and it was it was a way less developed idea then. Uh -huh. but, uh, Little Dark Age by MGMT. It's just like this, like pretty like 80s like synth nostalgic tune. Um, had some very like Rob Smith vibes in it. The music videos like all I don't know dark and weird but fun and like tongue in cheek. And I really 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 wanted to edit a surf video of the song that was that was kind of like in the same vibe and like something super weird and I was like oh this is like perfect like somebody with like it somebody who has like the sporadic kind of spontaneous style like Tommy Witt or Andy Neblis and yeah. then I was like oh surfing Sano they're like radioactive mutant surfers like yeah. this is like this is perfect so oh, it kind of funny. spurred from that initial idea and it was just this less like developed it, it was a very you know uh it was a more underdeveloped idea of just some like radioactive surfers and that was just the, pretty much like the premise of the video but then um i moved out here and i got all this i got all this surf footage and i started stacking it up and um starting in like 2018 and i i really wanted to just get away from like the feeding the gram um thing and just oh, yeah. like putting up like surf clips that are just gonna like fade in and out of the web and mm -hmm. i so i've been saving up all this footage for like a a bigger project and um, something that would, I guess, have uh, you know a little bit more longevity. And um, then I saw. Long story short, I watched the Bob Lazar documentary uh, uh -huh. about um, just like UFOs and like aliens. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. And, no, like, no. It, it, it's pretty cool. It's re it's really interesting. And um, I've all obviously like always been. Uh, really into like the whole alien ufo phenomena yeah. even if it's in like a tongue-in-cheek like um manner but have you done the visit to roswell uh i've driven like <laughs> driven through there but i didn't uh we i actually was gonna go film like the area 51 storm yeah, for yeah. like four stoke wars but ended up uh ended up not doing that but yeah seeing this documentary i was just like dude like this this alien thing like makes so much sense and ties in perfectly to this and like the fact that like you know aliens are apparently spotted around like nuclear sites like all over the world uh -huh. and stuff like that and like I thought it would be really cool to incorporate this alien el element to it all and then it just like everything just kind of snowballed like all these little like all these ideas that I've had like from different completely unrelated sketches kind of like, connected the dots on and it just all like ended up forming into this big like cohesive universe so um, that's how the preliminary idea came in, uh, I guess, October 2017, October, November, and then, um, and then like the idea for the alien thing came, uh, I guess, summer 2019. Um, okay. So it, I didn't get to really like enact upon it until later, and um, I mean that's when I. The reason why it takes me sometimes, or a little bit, it takes me a while sometimes to do something is because I want to make sure that I can like do it right and like fully fully execute which it. is so good I, like yeah. you don't want to like like that I mean I think that's a, the biggest thing as a creative too is like your your instincts to be like I have this idea let me just run with it let me just go with it blah blah but a lot of times 
the best creatives are the ones who are the best editors, the ones who can actually uh, display a lot of like they could they could reserve. They uh -huh. could be like they could be like, okay, let me take a step back, let me take my time, let me put like do this the right way instead of the idea coming out in some kind of rushed way where mm -hmm. you're like, no, but I meant this and like so I totally get that thinking. Yeah. yeah, so there's been a lot of like sitting back and reflecting and marinating on the ideas, but I've had so the bulk majority of the edit that uh, just came out. I've had done since the beginning of October, like September 20, 2019. So oh, for a okay. while. So it's been. I've been sitting on it for a while. There's been that originally it was going to be a film that was just like a, a feature length film with equal parts surfing, equal parts narrative, and I was going to release that as a Kickstarter video to like get this going to get funding uh, for to it. Get, to get funding for it, so I could you know pull it off, but. Due to COVID and um, all that, uh, wait for this. Just gotta pass it. Um, so originally, I was gonna launch at the beginning of spring, do the whole Kickstarter campaign, and then COVID struck, uh, and like South by Southwest, everything got canceled, um, and it didn't seem like I was gonna be able to like tour a film in a theater for a while or do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so. I, want, I also wanted to be able to get this out as soon as possible, so I just kind of scrapped the whole Kickstarter campaign because that just doesn't really seem viable to do a crowdfunding thing during no, now it's a really time tough. like this. Yeah. And um, and then shifted it into a series. Um, and I have like a, a team of producers who I've worked with in Austin who I've you know I filled in on the idea and they they love the uh, the whole Stoke Wars thing, so they kind of like helped me shift it into a series like break up break up the narrative and spread it out more and then this is like kind of allowing me to get it out into the world more and it also gives it I think more longevity in that I can with it being with it being like a channel and stuff we can you know put out like side content that wouldn't necessarily make it into the film yeah and like just get the whole project and universe like built earlier you know so like yeah um, I mean you're creating a world you've created yeah. a world so you might as well create the world digital asset wise too yeah. right like not just like the like I like that idea that you have these like you, you're potentially going to have these little side uh -huh. bits right yeah because that's I've, almost like what used to be back in the day when DVDs were popular that was almost like kind of the fun part about buying a DVD yeah I was getting the scenes the and the cuts and like here's this here's the blooper reel here's that like oh here's the like especially when I think about something like a Star Wars thing right it's like oh here's like the Macquarie sketches wow yeah. I never saw those like that's awesome so I dig that idea. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting because I didn't, I really didn't want it to, like the Stoke Wars thing to end like after the film came out, and so it's it's fun because I'll be able to you know just have like for instance like Stoke Wars like a surf session with like Tommy Witt and just like have like a cool like mm -hmm. uh, cool surf edit um, and uh, not and I can I can put that out and not really have to have any like it's just it's within the universe and like the vibe and everything matches Stoke Wars but it doesn't need to have like any like story to it necessarily yeah you know, it doesn't so. have to be all big and, and stuff like that yeah. I mean, just thinking of it i mean it's kind of cool in a way too because you can have like you could actually put just the narrative pieces out right? yeah like, yeah like, so the, the the narrative pieces which we're like aiming to have like an episode come out um every every month starting the beginning of september okay um they will you know there's gonna be narrative but there will also be like surf segments in that so they'll like the, the episodes are going to be a hybrid of narrative and surfing, but then there's also going to be like side sketches that are just like, you know, just like a funny sketch or side surf edits that are just surfing. So like, 
they'll be they'll be labeled a little bit differently, but still fit within within the world. If that makes sense. No, 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 no. I get that. I think it's really cool what you're doing. I think it's something that like, you know, the problem I find a lot of times with like surf content nowadays. You sh you hit on it a little bit. Like one, you have that Instagram side of it, right? Uh -huh. Like where they're just like they're just throwing out clips, throwing out clips, throwing out clips. You don't even remember them, right? Yeah. Like like you don't even remember them that day yeah. like on your timeline you're just like flip through it mm -hmm. i liked it i might have shared it on my story it's done yeah it's fucking gone and god knows how much work went into those clips like a lot of times it's like that's like you've been filming for like two months just doesn't go anywhere right and mm -hmm. there's there's that side of it right it's it's just very disposable yeah yeah but then it's also like the narrative side like a lot of surf stuff that's been coming out it doesn't keep you engaged outside of the surfing, right? You're yeah. not like a Bruce Brown film, you're engaged because of the adventure, right? Yeah. You're like the adventure and the character and just like the whole like, you know, the the people and the feel uh, the feel of it. Like it's Yeah. Yeah, like even like Witzig movies, like those like he's like some of these things are doing on the side like like as barbaric as it was when they killed the shark, like you're kind of like you're engaged in it, right? Mm -hmm. You're like you're like totally committed and you're in it and you're like, "Wow, this is really cool." Like because I think that's a, a big part of like why we all surf. Like, it's not like going to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we show up, we surf, we leave. That's it. It's this this little compartment. Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's like we see our friends. It's the vibe. It's what it looks like. We go to get something to eat. It's Absolutely. this whole traveling, like yeah. all that. And I think that's like part of like you could get away with not showing that in skateboarding. I uh. think to a certain level, but I don't think it's very. I don't think you can get away well, with it in surfing. Absolutely, and like it, I feel like this is this is definitely like related that you you can appreciate someone surfing more if you like see the character behind yeah. the surfer, you know, and it kind of like might like explain their you know like like uh, take somebody like Levi Prairie for instance, yeah. like his style, like he's like he's just such a character in and out of the water and such a such a cool like cool dude. And when you when you know him as a person, you like really really appreciate his like surfing. Yeah, it also so. makes sense, right? Like, like, yeah. like when you see, like when you just see his surfing, it's that unique style. That you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. I don't even know what the hell is going uh -huh. on. But then when you hang out with him, you're like, oh no, this is you. Yeah, this is a hundred percent you, yeah. and he's, that's what's so like, amazing so, about it. So genuine with with his surfing and his like character. And yeah, I, I just like I love that. And so like, Stoke Wars is definitely a way for me to like highlight surfers' real life characters in kind of a more like sci-fi universe. So it'll be like aspects of their real life mixed with this like sci-fi lore i guess so like yeah. it'll be it'll be like a less like plain and dry way of being like here's so and so they grew up surfing and playing blah, like blah, here's blah. the like, day yeah. in the life bullshit. yeah the day in the life thing like oh i just wake up in my morning make my coffee you know and get then, in my van yeah get in my van <laughs> we'll go check the waves and then gotta surf let's eat a burrito now and yeah uh, yeah I wanna, we've seen that yeah I want, I want to do something like more fun like more more fictional but Still with elements of like real life and real real shit going on um, no I love that I love like a lot of, like I was looking at some of your commercial work too like for instance like the video you did for um, Amon uh, yeah like I love your the aesthetic of your narratives that you do like Thank for you. me they're really like they sort of like and I mean this in a very positive way like do you remember when like old Navy ads first came out and oh, they yeah. had this aesthetic like it was like engaging and it was fun and it was like cool and you were kind of into it and it was tongue-in-cheek and blah yeah like your stuff for me has a lot of those same qualities but in a more kind of like lack of a better term like indie rock way okay so like um, when yeah. I saw that like laboratory scene I was like oh this is cool like I'm into this and yeah. the, the board goes flying and you throw it and like the whole thing and I was like see this is 
this is so engaging to me that like I'm committed to watching the person surf the wave and I'm actually interested in it, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I, 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 big ups to uh, David Allman for letting me run wild with my uh, creativity and idea on that one. Yeah. I've definitely had, it's definitely been a lot of brands that are like, oh, this is like too silly, like yeah. nobody's gonna like this. But like, what people don't realize is if you like, don't take yourself too seriously and like, yeah. But like you still have awesome like awesome stuff. I, I feel like people are just like a little bit more I don't know receptive to want to like get in on that. Like if if you if you're you know if you're just like having fun. With it. Well, first of all, let's look. We all started surfing to have fun, right? Yeah. That's like at the basis of it. And when we start throwing that shit out the window, like when we get too serious about it, it's not engaging. We don't respond to yeah. it. The second thing too is like. Why wouldn't you want your product to be engaging with a customer when their serotonin levels are higher? Yeah. Like meaning if you get them to laugh or to smile, uh -huh. they're going to be more susceptible to your product. Absolutely. Like th yeah. That's like the whole thing. Like you look at like, like a Geico, right? Uh. It's a fucking insurance company. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. You're going to go with the cheapest one, whatever kind of thing. But then you, they have this like campaign that they uh -huh. do these silly commercials. You remember them. You're, you're like, oh, I need to get insurance Geico. You, you know, like people don't realize like there's this whole chemical psychology behind when you work for brands that like if you could get someone in a good happy place yeah and present them a product they're more susceptible to like be engaged in the product i i 100 agree and it's like like you're saying there's just too many like there's so many brands that are like we're just a bunch of cool guys doing cool guy stuff and you know it's not about how you uh, it's not about where you're going it's how you get there <laughs> and, uh like <laughs> And it starts like starts off doing just like manly stuff and like shooting guns, <laughs> and then they end end the video of like on a fire on the beach drinking beers and like it's cheersing corny. or something. And yeah, it's like no. I mean, there's a, it it works in in some places, but for me, I just I like to do something that's more fun and like kind of makes fun of itself because I I like you know I like I think everybody at the end of the day needs to take themselves a little bit less seriously. Yeah. And that's what I don't know. I'm trying trying to do with myself like got to take some things seriously but uh yeah i know but things that are like meant for fun like have fun with them yeah but also with like going back to stoke wars like with having fun you could also talk about something serious so like you yeah. you're, you're going to be talking about some like environmental issues about that like so explain that a little to people like so my i guess my angle with that is i feel like you know there's there's a lot of people out there doing like really great stuff for the environment but there's also some people who are just kind of, I guess, beating others over the head with it in a, a very, like, it feels like a very, like, almost evangelical, like, preachy mm -hmm. uh, fashion Angry. of delivering it. And, yeah. you know, it needs to be done, and their, their claims are extremely valid, but a lot of people don't respond well to that, like, you need to do this, like, you need to do that, yeah. like, listen up. And if you, can, if you can present these, like, realities to people in a fun way, like, I guess that apparently like that's how like sci-fi got kind of started was like sci-fi films yeah. were meant to like bring up issues that you couldn't really like be so on the nose about in real uh, like real life and um, make it like make like the sci-fi world like parallel this like real like fucked up shit that's going yeah, on yeah. so that that's where it's coming into play and you know like it, it's crazy a lot of people don't realize the like what's going on with all the radioactive like waste at Sano. And, yeah. Um, I thought this would be like a perfect, perfect way to introduce that. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning a lot about that too. So it's like, a, it's, it's a way for me to like make learning about the environment, um, 
like fun for myself as it is to you know just as much as it is to like spread the spread the awareness to other people um so yeah that i'm i'm it's it's fun because i'm learning a lot there's you know there's a lot of surfers who are really really active with the issue who've uh were like um teaming up with on this and uh, that's good yeah i mean because i think the thing too is like i think everybody like at the end of the day like specifically with the thing at Sano, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember Sarah Brady educated me so, on it. So, yeah, Sarah, Sarah is definitely somebody we've been talking uh, with about it. And yeah, and she's, she's like, awesome on point. Super. Like, she's, like, ta taught me so much about it that I was like, whoa, I didn't know this. Like, I know it's bad, mm -hmm. and I know this is the issue, but, like, her explaining it very specifically. Um, and I think when people know those very specific issues, then they know what action items to take, right? Yeah. Because they can look at it and be like, okay, this is like, I need to call this congressman, I need to go to this meeting, mm -hmm. I need to post this social media post versus just being like, nukes are fucking bad. Yeah. Like we all fucking know yes, that. Yes, like, yes, yes we do. Yeah, and it's just like, like, and that's what I like when I was reading about what you were doing. I was like, oh, like, and I had mentioned, it's like, it's like hiding the medicine in the dog food, yes, right? It's yes. kind, of, it's kind of like you're like, oh, like, like this, this looks great. I'm gonna eat it. Oh wait, you just taught me something. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that, that is, I, I love that analogy um, or metaphor. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I kind of kind of space out there. No, but, no, um, no. It's it's cool. I mean, it's it's. I love again, like you're you're. You're hitting a lot with Stoke Wars, just from seeing that first thing. You're hitting a lot of things that I think surf media not only needs, but you're showing the power it can have. So you can come out with a surf like movie uh -huh. and it have like a positive message or something. Like I always look at like, you know, even though it wasn't surf related necessarily, but when Cyrus did, um, what was the thing about the GMO? Island Earth. Island yeah. Earth, yeah. Awesome. yeah like how he presented that, I thought was really good because uh -huh. it wasn't like, like you had a lot of people at that time who were like, GMOs suck. This yeah. But like nobody knew what that even meant. Mm -hmm. and or how he, it was affecting like local communities. Yeah, yeah. Like, like people just knew it was like, oh, it's bad. Right. Yeah. And then he presented it. But then he also did that whole thing where he explained like some people don't realize like GMO can mean something else that's actually not bad. Like yeah. when they like save a crop by crossbreeding two crops, that's actually genetically modified. Yeah. Right. Like that's mm -hmm. not the pesticide side of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh. It's not making crops that are more resilient to pesticides and then like, yeah. Yeah, and he presented it in this way that's mm -hmm. very educational, and it's kind of like, but it's and, not and like yelling too. at you. Yeah, it's not, it's not yelling at you, and it's like, it's like here's this like beautiful earth, but these are these like things that are threatening it. Like here, maybe you can you know take action in these ways. And yeah, uh, I've, yeah, Cyrus is, is somebody uh, who um, I've I've talked with this project about too, and uh, he is you know at the forefront of like all, all these issues and been yeah very very informed. Um, somebody I've always you know always looked up to so uh, I'm really stoked to uh, do an episode with him yeah because he's uh, gonna be surfing in it as well yeah he'll, he'll be surfing in it as well and obviously like you know uh, just uh, giving his, his whole um, two cents on like sustainability and all that stuff even I don't, I don't know if you've seen his like house in Oregon um, no or it's actually southern Washington so, he was um, working on it when I interviewed him like I uh, interviewed him like maybe I'm gonna say two years ago okay he was yeah. working on it. He's, like, he's t turned it into like a whole on like farm. He's got goats and all these different fruit trees, vegetables. See, that's awesome. He forages for uh, mushrooms, like edible mushrooms in the um, in the woods around his house. I mean, he, he's like, he's he's the real deal as far as, I don't know, like li living that life. In, like the self-sufficient, like sustainable life. Yeah, the self-sufficient, like um, sustainable and uh, I guess... Um, 
just I don't know. He, he's just he's just very aware very aware of a lot of things and like I mean everything from using like um, reclaimed wood to like build structures. Yeah. Like he's I don't know. He's uh, very educated and uh, very smart smart dude on all all those issues. Now going to the narrative thing, um, what are some of your influences film wise like with your like narratives like the way you shoot uh, them? <laughs> so like because I'm really curious. Like like even personally like I just want to know where where does your aesthetic brain come from when it comes to these things? Um, man, it's definitely like a weird blend. Like, I feel like a, for a lot of my, a lot of my work, like Wes Anderson has obviously been like, uh -huh. uh, and Robert Yeaman, as far as like the, you know, visual stylization of everything has been a, a huge influence. Um, and I feel like that, like a lot of, a lot of people have also started kind of incorporating um, that style into their work, which I mean, it, it makes sense because it's like, it, it uses like it's all about like simplifying your shot so if you don't have like a like huge budget like you can make your your final product look a little bit nicer rather than trying to get like all complicated and complex yeah. of this and it's um but yeah definitely um i don't know wes anderson like tarantino um kubrick uh i mean for stoke wars i'd say it's like it's a blend of like South Park meets Stranger Things meets oh, yeah. like Napoleon Dynamite meets like It definitely does weird. have now that I think about it it does have that South Park like vibe. Yeah, no, it's and, and it I mean I, some of the the stuff that we have planned for it is just so batshit crazy ridiculous that it, you'd only like see something like that in a South Park sketch. Yeah. I'm, re I'm really really excited about it cuz it's like it's just going to be absolutely like bonkers, ridiculous but funny. Um so yeah, South Park's been, and, and also like, I mean, South Park, as ridiculous as it is, they highlight a lot of like real life oh, yeah. shit that's going on. Oh and, like, yeah, they're they, very they good at it. They're, they're very good at it. They're super good at it. And they, they do a great job of like, you know, staying kind of like, no nobody's really safe with South Park and they don't like ever like lean towards one side or the other. Like no, every, they get, they get everybody. And I love that. And that's what I really want to do is like Stoke Wars. So like, I'll be, I'll like, there's, you know, parts where I'll be like making fun of like aspects of my like own life and like Stoke yeah. Wars or like friends of mine or stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just like just all stuff that I've uh, I've learned over the years. But um, yeah, definitely South Park. Um, like Mike Mike Judge. So I did King of the Hill. Like most most notably for Stoke Wars would be uh, his movie Idiocracy, which is amazing. Which is yeah, which is some, scary that it's our like it's, reality it's, now. <laughs> it's more that film is more uh, relevant than ever. I feel like, and um, who would have thought when that came out that that was basically like the ultimate like like future teller? I know. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's so nuts. That came out, I think it came out in like. I'm pretty sure it came out in 2007. Maybe, I, maybe a little bit earlier, but <laughs> the electrolytes. It's like <laughs> yeah, 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 water, like from the toilet. <laughs> so good. Rondo. Yeah, it's so good. Hi, welcome to Costco. I love you. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely another one. But it's like it's these weird, just a bunch of different like I don't know artists and elements that have inspired me that I'm kind of blending up in this crazy crazy mix. Do you think um, this is the most you project you've worked on? It is 100% the most you project uh, I've done and I, uh, I yeah I'm, I'm really excited about it and that's part of the reason why I did it so like everything that you've seen I shot all on my like uh, my own equipment. I, I had a couple friends 
who I hired to get some uh, water shots to like uh -huh. fill, fill in because I don't have a water housing for my uh, main camera. But everything I shot on my own time and with my own equipment and like and budget because I wasn't sure a brand was going to fully understand my vision in yeah. the beginning and I just knew it was something that I had to like make and if I made it myself and like got it out there other people would understand it and realize it more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely the most like me project that I've made, and uh, I'm really excited about it. And it, and that'll that'll show even more in, in the upcoming like episodes and content. Like there's. Well, I was gonna say. So when's the next episode coming out? The next episode is coming out at the beginning of September as our goal. It's so I, the guy, it, it's it's really dependent on um, getting uh, Mr. Tinfoil Hatman Benny Benny Garen. Uh, uh -huh. I don't know if you saw. Yeah. He, he's yeah. Um, He's in Costa Rica right now. Uh, and he's been there since the beginning of this pan pandemic. Uh, but um, I'm pretty sure he can he can get back, but I don't know if they'll let him back into Costa Rica after he's been here. So that's something he's been weighing out. Um, but I just spoke with him last night, and we're hopefully going to get him out here on August uh, 4th. So pretty soon that. to film that. If not, we've we've uh, my team and I have kind of figured out a way to restructure it and introduce his character later on um got it because he he has kind of like a a buddy of his he's a character who we'll just introduce earlier on instead uh -huh. um instead of later so it's dependent on that but i'm i'm still very confident that the, that first episode will come out because so i have like i have all this surfing all the surfing yeah, footage that'll, that'll fit in there it's just we and um some of the narrative stuff shot but yeah this with uh the additional stuff with benny is is definitely crucial so yeah, you gotta get that in there. Uh, what do you? What is your like? What do you want the end result of, of Stoke Wars to be? Like when it's all said and done, what do you want to like? Kind of, do you have a goal in mind, or is it just kind of like free flowing? Um, it, a goal in mind in what sense? Like with uh, like creatively, like crea for yourself. Like what do you want to? Like what is your ultimate to get out of it? I mean, really, it's like making something that was allowing me to express myself while also having like a positive message attached to it. Uh -huh. So whether, you know, and that, and that brings out the best in me, like something that like, yeah, something that brings out, I want to make something that brings out the best in me, but also like brings out the good in like other people and encourages other people to like, you know, want to make positive changes. Like at, at the end of the day with all my work, I want, I just want to make people feel something and, and you know, positive. Uh -huh. um, like whether it, it be you know nostalgia or excitement or just pure bliss or just like laughing your ass off, I really I don't know I just I I want to I want to spread that positivity with Stoke Wars and just just make something that people can have like fun with. Um, yeah, which people need nowadays. Yeah. And I and I like I like your whole th take on like let's not take it so seriously. Yeah. I think that's also like why to a large part everyone's into I don't know a lack of a better term to to call it but like the alternative craft movement and, and longboarding it's like uh -huh. we're all out there to have fun we could all smile at each other we could all like yeah. you know like that's that's getting I'll, that I'll, serotonin i want to create like a more yeah more fun like uh surf environment and a less like kind of standoffish you know mm -hmm. like more inclusive more yeah more more inclusive you know but like still like still more inclusive but still not like what's the word for it like you know i want to I illustrate to people that you 
don't have to be, a, you can be a beginner, but you don't have to like be a kook. And there's like, you know. Like yeah, you said that in like, that surfer thing that I thought was really good. That's kind of like. There's like a difference. Because every, everybody, nobody starts off like, you know, some people are more naturally inclined than others, but nobody like starts off like, you know, hanging 10 and getting barreled right away or like losing airs like the Jordan just, wasn't dunking at five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, gotta, you, you gotta learn and it's all about like learning in the right way and knowing your limits and stuff like that. So like, I want to, like, you know, like kooks and, kook and all that culture, it's, it's always gonna be like pretty funny. And, yeah. uh, but I want it to be like a less like, I don't know if it's the right word, but like hateful, like aggressive. Or, yeah, less, less less aggressive. Like, but I also certainly don't want like, for instance, in like Texas, uh, this happens a lot. If there's a hurricane swell coming, like tons of everybody from inland who's never surfed before will like hear about this and be like, oh, hurricane's coming. What better time to learn how to surf than like oh, during Jesus. a hurricane and come out of there? And oh. It's like people bouncing out of the white water with their eyes closed, like going straight oh, for my you God. on like a, you know, seven or eight foot face and yeah it can get really dangerous so I want to create a safer environment in the water but also like not have people like I don't know I guess like it's scared of like surfers and, and surf culture or it, it, I, maybe that's not the right word I know I what you're trying to say like you're just like like in a way it's like it's like you want people like knowing their limits I think that's like yes, a good way yes, knowing, like knowing what you're getting into like hey I'm a beginner I probably shouldn't be at this big wave yeah I shouldn't be at this big wave or in this crowded peak or if I like you know, if I feel like I'm ready to like take it up to the next level and put my stuff to the test, like making sure that you're with somebody who like is at a level and does know what they're yeah. doing, like out in the water to kind of keep an eye on you and guide you rather than like, you know, three people who don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh, let's like paddle up this really crowded break and it's super big. And cause that's, that's when you're putting people in danger and that's what like kind of causes the hostility hostility initially um i had i had something like that happen very recently so like i totally get it like i totally like i know what you're coming from i had uh -huh. someone tell me like someone basically just dropped in on me right onto my board uh -huh. with a fiberglass board and they you could tell that they've like it's some board they bought on craigslist and stuff and i was like i was like yo don't do that blah 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 and someone else was with him on a wave storm it's like he's just learning and i was like He's like, I'm teaching him. And then I saw the guy who was teaching him and he didn't know how to surf either. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. oh, see, this is what the problem is. It's yeah, like, you're just for learning sure. for the wrong person. Like they're, they're telling you to go for every wave. Like you're not supposed to do yeah, that. No, like, you're not supposed to go. So it's, yeah, creating like a smart, like I definitely, we're going to be making these like PSAs that are like environmental, but also like, uh, like surf etiquette PSAs. See, I think that's awesome. I think create, that is so cool. And like, uh, um, you know, working, hopefully working with guys like John Freeman who are like, yeah. uh, um, hilarious and can deliver this like information in a fun manner um, but yeah we'll be doing sketches like that that are like you know purposely cheesy but also like informa like informational and fun and I definitely think what well, I hope it'll it'll like it'll help people who are wanting to get into surfing like approach it in a uh, more safe less kooky manner is it almost like like you think about those like those drivers at videos, right? They show like people like 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 in those horrific car crashes, but they're almost like comical in the way that you're kind of like you're watching them in high school and you're like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'll drive the right way, but this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. this scenario you're showing me, I dig that. I dig the idea of these PSAs, like these kind of tongue in cheek, like like surf etiquette PSAs. Uh -huh. I think one, I think 
if you got, if you when you do do them, a lot of people will share them for mm -hmm. sure. Like you'll get so many people sharing them, and I do think it's something you need to know. Like it's like, look, I'm someone who started surfing like way later in life, and uh -huh. someone who was teaching me at first, I thought they, in my mind, they were an experienced surfer, yeah. and they taught me a lot of bad habits yeah. at first. And it took me like another year to break all those bad habits. Mm -hmm. And if they had. If I had not had those bad habits in the first place, like it would have been so much better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, I yeah. It's like I mean, every, everybody's got to, everybody's got to start like start somewhere. It's never too late to learn how to surfing, but like if you go into it with this like the right mindset and knowing the right things, like you can you know you can progress without being a coot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'll wrap this up um, with like two questions. Um, if you could pick one place to surf that you've surfed before, you've never surfed before, if we were like right now, like, hey, let's go surf here, it could be anywhere in the world, what place would it be and why? Oh man, a lot of people think, probably think this is crazy, but there's just no place like scoring uncrowded Texas, like uh, at its best. Um, so yeah, it would probably, I'd, it would probably be like Horace Caldwell Pier, in um, Texas on an uncrowded day, like surfing, surfing the long west there, like off the pier. Um, yeah, but like it, it, it just in Corpus or in Texas in general, like you, there's a lot of times like very like short windows where where a swell will pop up and it's not on the forecast at all. And like yeah. if you're there at that time with nobody out, it's just I don't know. There's no place like surfing at home and like and and scoring it completely uncrowded, but. Uh, that's that's usually so just so you know that's most people's answer which really? is like yeah yeah like most people be like oh it's the, the break that like is right in front of my house or like the break i go to every day and it's like that's again the example of like this kind of surfing like instead of saying like oh i would want to surf pipe uh -huh. the mentality of people in this world are like i want to be happy yeah you know yeah. what i mean like and that's what i kind of like again it goes back to that whole vibe thing awesome. um who would you like to thank shout out Anybody? Okay, let's see. Uh, Get the list out. I definitely, yeah, <laughs> God, there's a there's definitely a list. I'm sorry if I uh, leave out some people, but I definitely like to thank uh, Nick Weiler, who's like been just super into this project from the beginning and um, made the awesome music that you heard in Stoke Wars. Uh, my team producers, Luke, Jeff, and Lucas, and um, they they've been awesome. Mike Black for sure, uh, huh. Invasion for Planet C. God, that's I. So I don't, I don't know if we have enough time here for no, me to go a little spiel about him. But yeah, um, so whenever the like radiation idea merged into like the aliens and uh, radioactive like aliens and all that stuff, I immediately thought of Invasion from Planet C, which is Mike Black's like super wacky sci-fi surf film that came out in 2007, which had like definitely really inspired me I mean I, I loved it that it didn't take itself seriously and I hit up Mike um, tell, and told him my idea about it and I was like dude it'd be so awesome to incorporate your character Narnar into the story somehow and he was just all about it and he's been one of the most supportive people in this project and uh, it's 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 been so so fun and inspiring seeing him like dust off his old Narnar costume and <laughs> get that and get dressed up for for the project and he's definitely provided like a lot of uh, a lot of insight for it. Um, I'd love to shout out both Shane um, McPherson and Benny Jaron because they've you know they've been like that's the scene that you saw with Benny wearing the tinfoil hat. We filmed that at 3 a.m. He came over. I just like I had the idea pop into my head. 
this was back in September of 2019, and I, I was like, dude, Benny, we, we gotta shoot this thing, like now I have this idea. So he came over at 11 p.m. I thought it would only take me like 30 minutes to set up the garage that, uh -huh. with all the like, with all the uh, space blankets and tinfoil. Yeah. It actually took me like four hours to oh set up. So God. he fell asleep on my floor. I came in and I woke up Benny. I was like, Benny, it's all right, it's time to do this. And he just like sprung up awake and, uh, was you know did did everything we needed him to do for that shoot he stepped on a nail during it like oh my it was, god yeah he and it was just a, he's like dying for your art yeah no he, <laughs> he's an absolute champ and he's just been so supportive of this project so stoked on it and um his like he and shane both being like both being willing to like i don't know get in front of the camera and not not take themselves seriously and just like have fun with the, this project has like really helped it uh become become what it is so stoked on that really stoked on john freeman Be before he had any edits or anything i was just like dude i have this like weird crazy idea for the surf film yeah. i'd love to feature you in it and he he like he's a paramedic and he like in between shifts came and uh, met me at sano I, I was still surfing in the water and i came up to his car and he was asleep in the car i woke him up and then told him what i was going for with these lines um and he absolutely absolutely just nailed it and crushed it so yeah those those guys are all awesome um you know, my friends in Texas who surf, who've been really supportive with it, uh, like Nate Floyd and um, Taking Ganan, uh, and geez, who else? Uh, they, um, and there, there's there's so many to name. Um, Shane Cousins, who's who's helped uh, film stuff. My girlfriend, Stephanie Scott, she's, she's been awesome. Um, she's pretty, like, she works full-time in film as an actress, and yeah. uh, she's definitely, like, helped me shoot a lot of these a lot of these oh, scenes awesome. like um or at least just kind of get given me her opinion and been there and uh she's been super supportive of the whole project and really excited about getting it out so um yeah i, I definitely can't leave her out on there she's she's been um no can't, can't forget the ladies behind us it's, yeah. it's, it's why we're here um awesome well thanks for sitting Dude, down thanks for having me so so psyched yeah um, and i can't wait for the next episodes to come out right on yeah stay tuned Thanks so much to Evan for sitting down with us outside and doing this interview. I love what he's bringing to content, period, not just surf content. I think a lot of times we get too fixated on the fact of just putting surf content out there that's just basically surf porn. It's like great surfing, great waves, it's these little vignettes, you know, but there's no story, there's nothing interesting, there's nothing to get the serotonin up. And I think what Evan is doing is really cool because he's really creating this world and putting surfing in it, right? And these characters, and because that for me is like what makes surfing really interesting. I used to love when they do stuff like this in skate videos, like as corny as it was to have, you know, Jason Jesse in jail in the Santa Cruz video and stuff like that. It was still at least a narrative that kind of kept everything together. I also think what he's doing release-wise is actually working out really cool where he's gonna have this YouTube channel for it and that you could watch his stuff. We have a link to it, so make sure you subscribe to it so you'll be notified when uh, new stuff pops up and that kind of thing. But I wanna get back into the tracks. Again, it's gonna be a mix of some wacky stuff, some crazy stuff, um, throwing in some Bowie in there, that kind of thing. Hope you guys enjoy. Gonna come back a little bit with some uh, information about voting. Peace.
Follow 
wake up your sleepy head Put on some clothes, shake up your bed Put another log on the fire for me I made some breakfast and coffee Look out my window, what do I see? A crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me All the nightmares came today It looks as though they're here to stay What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. I'll think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in pain, written it all by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today. It looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, you Faces in golden rays. Don't kid yourself, they belong to you. They're the start of the coming race. The author's a bitch, we finished our news. Homo sapiens have outgrown their use. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, you pretty things. Thank you. 
Oh
Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 68. Hope you guys enjoyed the tracks. Again, David Bowie, one of my favorite artists. Evan picked that track. I think when you're picking a David Bowie track to play, it's kind of really hard um, to nail down which song you want to play because there's so many amazing eras of Bowie, not just albums. But Hunky Dory for me is one of my favorite albums. I think it's his... For me, it's kind of my favorite era of Bowie, and it's the most well-rounded, if you will, where the songs come from and where they're going. Uh, Ziggy Stardust comes in as a close second, but Hunky Dory for me is always going to be my favorite. If you don't know the album, besides Shame on You, uh, you should probably download it or listen to it on Spotify. I still think it stands up to today's standards of music and is some of the most amazing writing on it. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch drops, we have episode listings, we have everything, a little bit of everything. Also, make sure to check out the full description of this episode on your iTunes player for track listings and things that we're talking about. So this episode, one of the things I wanted to talk about that's very near and dear to my heart is voting. And a lot of people will be like, well, that's a pretty boring topic to talk about. But here's the thing. With all the stuff that's going on in the world, whatever side of the fence you are, and I hope you're going to be on the right side of history when it's all said and done, one of the biggest ways that we can influence change is voting. And a lot of people are passe about and be like, well, my vote doesn't count, and why vote, and this isn't the person I picked for, and that kind of thing. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to talk to you about in regards to that. One, I think it's really important to get involved in local small elections. Not just for the president, not just for the mayor, not just for the governor. Really look at the people that are running for office in your local neighborhood. You know, we have Mike Levin here who I've gotten behind. And let me preface this by saying I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. This is all about you making your own decisions and voting to influence that's going to impact you and your community directly. But If you look at local elections and get to know your local politicians, you understand what they're fighting for locally. Whether it be stuff like nuclear waste, whether it be the environment, whether it be racial justice, you can move the needle by putting these people in power to speak for you. Also, when it comes to local elections, there's a lot of measures that wind up being passed. People don't realize it's not just about people, but there's actually items that the people are voting for. How your tax money is being spelled, what new uh, public works projects are happening, You really have an opportunity to dictate with your voice, with your vote, what happens. Because if you don't, you have no right to complain afterwards. You can't say, well, why did they put this toll road here? And uh, why is this nuclear energy waste not being disposed of? And all this kind of stuff. If you didn't vote for the right people and for the measures, there is just no way to really complain about it. And you're not doing anything. So educate yourself about your local elections. Get involved. Register to vote. One of the things I always think about is the fact that when I lived in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, there was this politician who came to my front door, knocked on the door, young kid, was running for a small office, and spoke to me directly, talked about some other candidates, including uh, Letitia James, who was running for a small council seat office. And it really got me interested in local politics and I started following it and I actually became a supporter of Letitia James when she was a council member in Fort Greene and I believe that she was representing the needs of everyone as fairly as she could and I voted for her. Now you look a couple years later or more, almost 10 years later, 
and she is the district attorney that is taking on the gov uh, the gun organization, the NRA, mostly for their corruption more than anything else. So if you are a member of the NRA, realize it's it's a lot about she's trying to protect that membership fee that you spent instead of it going to uh, someone's uh, jet, private jet, it's going actually to really good things. My point is that I got involved early on in politics and I helped put her to the first step. And then she went for another election and got to the second step. And who knows where she's going to go. And what that means is if you get involved in your local politics, you really can dictate who's going to run for president, who's going to run for mayor, who's going to run for governor. These people don't pop up out of the blue. Yes, we've had these random celebrities and reality stars that have, have run, right? But that is not the norm. And that those are actually not the people that are going to affect your daily life. So I think with this coming election, the one thing is, one, make sure you register for, to vote and know if you're registered to vote. That's the other thing. I put a bunch of links in this episode description where you can register to vote. You can find out if you're registered because sometimes people think they are and then they show up at the polling place and they're not and it creates mayhem. So make sure you take care of that. Uh, the other thing too is in order for your voice to be heard, make sure you fill out the census. The census is being conducted earlier this year and they're going to shut it off i believe on september 30th so we have a link to the census you could check if you filled it out check if your you know thing went through the whole thing in general what i'm trying to get people to do is look go vote i don't care which way your vote that's not my place but you should vote with your conscience knowing that what you're doing at the polling place or mailing it in is going to make a difference not just now but down the road because a lot of these politicians that you get behind on smaller local elections now are going to be the same politicians that will be running nationally and that's what you need to look at so please follow the links on this episode description go vote empower yourself and you can make a better world but enough of that enough of the politics hopefully didn't lean one way or the other but let's get back to some tracks and then i'll get back to you guys in a little bit with some short takes peace
Welcome back, everybody, to the Bodega Board Group Podcast, Volume 68. Thanks for sticking around with the weirdness, the interview, the tracks. I know I told you it was going to get a little weird, a little fun. Listen, I have a pretty eclectic music taste, and I think I'm really stoked that Evan Adamson kind of got me to go outside of my uh, realm a little bit. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, for merch, for episode listings, for videos, that kind of stuff. It's a website. We update it every once in a while. It's kind of fun. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about, especially when it comes to the short takes. The first short take we have is this uh, video put out by our homeboy Tatsuo Takai uh, called California Soul. California Soul is a compilation of all the clips he's been doing for Nobody Surf. It's got JJ, it's got Worm, it's got Michaela, it's got River. It's got everybody, basically, uh, and it's set to some really dope music. Again, I love how Tatsuo captures surfing in both still and moving images, and this is a really good example of how he really gets the spirit of California surfing, I think, better than most people. If you see one of his clips, you really get the vibe of the surfer, the spot, the whole thing. So we have a link to it. Make sure to check it out. Uh, the second short take... It's this thing that our homeboy Ryan Cannon shot uh, called Bing Sessions, episode one with Will Allen. And this is a series that's coming out of Bing Team Riders. This is the first one. This one, Will Allen uh, surfs a couple of different boards and like an eight foot and uh, something else. This one like funky pig board that looks kind of fun. But it's a fun clip. Will Allen is one of my favorite up and coming surfers. Again, one of those California surfers that could surf any kind of board you put underneath his feet. Great style, really fluid and flexy. Check out the clip. Hope you guys enjoy. Good move on uh, Bing to hire Ryan to do this. And the last uh, short take is this thing called Classic Daydream featuring Neil Mesmer. Neil is an up-and-coming surfer here in Southern California. I love hanging out with him. I love surfing with him. He has great style. This is a clip uh, that someone put together that's really cool of him surfing, hanging out, skating at Blackies, the whole thing. Check it out. It's a lot of great eye candy. Uh, Gives you a little bit insight into who he is in terms of not just surfing. So uh, yeah, that's it. But that's it for this episode. Sorry it came out a little late. I have a lot of things going on in my life right now. It's a little complicated. Uh, But I'm trying to get out there as much as I can, trying to get work done, trying to get episodes done. And again, I will say once again, please go out, register to vote. Vote. You can make change not by just protesting, but by your vote. Your vote counts and uh, can make a huge difference in this world. And that's at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do. The world, especially in the United States, is very complex. And we're facing a big downturn in our country unless we make some changes. And those changes will not just happen through protesting, but need to happen through our voting system that's in place now. As much as it is an imperfect system, it is still the current system we have to play with. And you might as well take advantage of it as best as you can. Also, I suggest to spread this message. Spread the message of registering to vote, voting, voting early if you can. Uh, It's a luxury a lot of us have, and we should take advantage of it, especially with the pandemic going on. But enough of that. I want to end this episode on our famous words, which is there's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there, have fun, smile at each other. As crowded as the lineups get, 
there's ways for everybody. You don't need to stress out about it, and I'll see you out there. Peace!
Forever true, you can see as far as sin. Don't you know the shape I'm